Sally Murphy joins us now with a roundup of the latest rural news. Kia ora, Sally. Asparagus isn't selling as well as expected. It's not. A lack of demand for asparagus is seeing growers lose money on every bunch that's being sold. Chair of the Asparagus Growers Council, Cam Lewis, says they're mowing down productive paddocks to avoid flooding the market with the green spears. He says customers obviously have even less money for groceries than growers anticipated at the start of the season. It's at least 25% back, possibly more. We're back to retail prices that we probably haven't seen or certainly haven't seen this early for at least seven or eight years. Literally every bunch that every asparagus grower in New Zealand is putting out the gate at the moment they're losing money on. I mean, we're, doing, we're all trying to harrow blocks or mow blocks, which takes them out of production for, for a week to 10 days at a time. You can't do that on, on all of your crops, so... We're just trying to produce as little as we can to keep all of our staff going in the hope that maybe something does change around demand and people do start eating it a little bit more and then we can turn the blocks back on. But there's going to be some pretty tough decisions, I think, to be made by most growers in the next week or so if they do continue the season or if they literally close their blocks to keep the energy in them for next season and walk away, start again in September next year. Cam Lewis says growers don't mind mowing some crop because it means what's picked and sold is fresh and the best quality. Meanwhile, apple growers aren't doing much better. They're pleased to see the back of a season they're describing as one to forget. Exports were down 20% on last year due to the impacts from Cyclone Gabriel. Just over 300,000 tonnes went offshore, two-thirds of that to Asia. Apples and Pears Chief Executive Karen Morrish says it's been a difficult year. I mean, you think globally it's a difficult environment that we're in with economies slowing and consumers using wisely. So that obviously has a flow-on effect through to what we're able to able to recoup from our sales. Miss Morrish wouldn't talk numbers as they're still crunching the figures, but did say some growers won't make a profit this year, especially in cyclone-hit areas. It is an incredibly hard economic situation in which to make money when the cost of production in particular is so high. And that's something that we're, we're very focused on helping our growers understand and, and work through. It's Karen Morrish. The UK Free Trade Agreement ratified this year is proving a bright spot in otherwise challenging red meat export figures. The Meat Industry Association's latest data shows to the end of September, annual export receipts were down 11% compared to the year before. In most of the major markets, in particular China and other North Asian countries, values dropped. But MIA strategy manager Jason Kropp says there were better sales and returns in some markets. UK one in particular, uh, that is one that sticks out because of the UK Free Trade Agreement ratified earlier this year. We'd seen uh, exports, particularly beef, into that market uh, track up quite nicely. That said, where it, it requires a bit of a pinch of salt, uh, it's off a very low base and the volumes are fairly small, um, but it does point to a positive sign and really reinforces and underscores why good quality free trade agreements are important to New Zealand and its economy. Saudi Arabia are uh, always positive 
positive to see a nice jump in the numbers there. I don't have a specific uh, reason as to why we've seen such a uh, growth in the demand for sheep meat out of that market. Uh, and again, off a very low base. But it does also highlight why uh, halal and why New Zealand produces most of its meat under halal conditions is important for our export strategy. It does give us that ability to move into these markets when they're hot. Meat exports to Saudi Arabia increased 185% to $16 million. As mentioned, Jason Crop says that's off a low base, and the numbers jump around depending on religious holidays when lamb is the key dish. Plant and Food Research says gene technologies could speed up the development of disease-resistant plants and cut pesticide use, but the public would need to drive the change. The National Party has said it will end New Zealand's ban on gene editing and genetic modification. Plant and Food Research scientist Dr Zach Hanley says using traditional breeding techniques alone to create plants that are disease-resistant takes a really long time. He says gene editing would speed things up. We can work towards developing new crops that, that won't need those sprays, that are resistant to diseases. It takes so long that you can't just uh, get there quickly. Um, it's impossible to get there quickly unless you start talking about um, technologies like gene editing and things like that, where you can speed up the process, um, but you bump into a different set of controversies, you bump into a different set of uh, market acceptance and consumer expectations. You're trying to solve one problem, but you may create another in some people's eyes. National's proposal to end the bans on gene modification and editing, do you think that would open the doors here? It's certainly interesting. We want to be part of that conversation. We for sure have been exploring the technology in containment, in glass boxes that have got double doors on them and so on, to understand what it can do, but in the full knowledge that you can't take it outside and you can't make it part of the breeding programs. We have to keep them very separate. And so we kind of, I think it's easy to show that it could make a significant difference. And something like adapting to the future climate or dealing with future pests that are not here in New Zealand to meet those sort of challenges. And there's a really important discussion to be had if people are wanting to make changes to the legislation. Dr Zach Hanley of Plant and Food Research says at the moment scientists wanting to carry out gene editing work face a number of lengthy regulatory barriers. And that's the Rural News for today. Kia pai tōra.